Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Around the NFL podcast is down with the get down. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled of heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris <laughs> Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Heroes! Hey, Dan. <laughs> Sometimes uh, there's so much heroism within Studio 7 here that I, I just lose it. Can't deal with it. It's just Can't it's play with natural, them. raw emotion as a host that you emit from show to show. The real hero is Mark's shirt, you know, slowly drooping as the show wears on. Oh, if terrible. any female listeners are watching our videos mm. out there, you can catch a little bit of that chest hair creep. A little bit out. of that hamburger It doesn't meat. sound attractive at all. I mean, listen, when you're getting dressed at like 5 a.m. and you're just pulling, you know, linens out of a closet, you have no idea what it is. This is what happens. We, we hear that a lot. Um, I guess, Greg, we hear you say the same thing a lot about the early morning dressing. If we could start a, if someone out there uh, can start a Kickstarter fund to build walk-in closets separated from the mm. bedroom for both Mark and Greg, I think they would be appreciative, and maybe they'd come in looking dapper. Or flashlight. You could use your iPhone. You know, the phone. I've tried that uh, little light. I've there. tried all that. I've tried all that. <laughs> this is yes, the Around the NFL podcast, and uh, you know, a big show today, and you know, we we get a lot of feedback on every episode on Twitter. The the feedback we got. Um, on Monday's episode was mostly related to laser beams, um, which, you know, uh, TD behind the glass let us know that the, the video to audio uh, transformation that we're under led to what sounded like an attack from a, a, a race from way out uh, in the, the solar system. A transformer attack, if you will. Mm. I, I don't get the reference, yeah, but we should. I thought it was uh, the start of that 2040 uh, world ending that Mark referenced a few episodes ago. Well, it was much less uh, global, and it was, but it was very annoying, yeah. according to the people on Twitter. So we promised uh, the people, and, and TD are on board with this as well, that you won't hear any laser beam. Well, I promised the people. You did? Yeah, I did. Like, hey, that was on us. We know we'll move forward, and uh, no more laser beams. We're working through. That's our campaign things, promise: no laser beams in 2015. The biggest disappointment, <laughs> though, no more laser beams. Make America great again. Come be for president. The the <laughs> the biggest uh, mistake, though, was 
all these these insane lasers all through the show and we're trying to uh, talk to each other and not one Bill Laser joke. And well, Mark, I'll put that at your feet because he's your boy. No, listen, that, that's my fault, but it was also just like such an assault on the senses. Mm. You know, other than Wes, who's quietly been lobbying for more laser beams. <laughs> You know, pro laser. I, I blame Fox Sports for starting this whole laser phenomenon. Oh, we don't need I lasers agree. with our sports. Sorry. And yeah. like robots. Robot, yeah, around. get rid of them all. If Monday was, you know, the show where it's like, you know, NFL, 345 Park, no more train. Don't need no more Monahan. This one's, hey, Fox, get rid of the, the robot, the robot football guy. How about, get hey, rid of them. hey, every other station, quit following Fox like lambs to the slaughter. Mm-hmm. I'd take. I'd take right there. <laughs> the worst thing, the worst Fox graphic by far is when you get to the holiday season and they have the score box in the corner. And it's like, okay, it's cute. So they put like Christmas lights around the score in the corner of the time. But then once you get to like right before Christmas, then they start having snow falling sure. on the box. And it's like, what's going on here? Just, just get just a box with the info. Kind of like the falling snow. All right. <laughs> That's because you like lasers too. No, I don't. All right, coming up on today's show, and, and we all know there's a lot of news to get to, um, as there always is this time of year. Uh, so we'll get to that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, a think piece, I like to call it, a real a personal piece, Greg, I would even say, about our, our resident journo, Mark Sessler. He went to Ohio, of course, last week or a week before that, or perhaps a year ago. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it's a blur. Um, spoke to the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, wrote – a high-octane feature about it entitled Believe Land. Mm. So we're going to talk about that. And I love sure. – Mark loves talking about himself, so this could be difficult to no, get out of No, that is – you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, you're a very <laughs> humble man, almost to a fault. But we're going to get it out of you that you wrote this, this excellent piece on All right. the website. We'll do it. And uh, then, of course, speaking of Mark Sessler, uh, who's here, we have <laughs> part two – of the fantasy extravaganza. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's a big moment as the music cues us up. Part two. And today we will talk about the wide receivers. Uh, so we're going to give our wide receivers an entire show. You can't win your fantasy league without some stud wide receivers. So we got the icons of fantasy football, Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling here. And of course, the NFL media fantasy outsider, Mark Sessler, will head back to his corner, which will surely be disturbing, but also potentially something that we learned something. People have been – I saw last night someone was tweeting their fantasy lineup to to Wes, but also mistakenly to me. Mm. You don't want to do that. You don't – I – I don't want to see that. You can Wes can answer that question. I want to see that. Well, you're an influencer. <laughs> I I looked at drafts. You know, since our last show, no one is taking the ten players that you said not to. Draft. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, they're guaranteed busts, and I think that people know when the message is real. So we'll head back to the fantasy corner uh, later today. But uh, before any of that, we do check behind the glass. TD, um, not suspended for the laser beams. Uh, he spoke with Roger Goodell. Uh, he was truthful, which, you know, maybe Tom Brady could take some notes. And because of that, he just got hit with a, a fine, a heavy fine, easily well, over a million dollars. Here's what it is, guys. I don't see why I'm taking a fall for this. Why yeah, I'm you're only the person. producer. Yeah, but, I mean, we work through things as a team. We're the team atmosphere here, guys. You got to start mean, taking the blame. When you're when you're the boss, you're the boss of that whole group back there. You just got to say, Tom, uh, be like my a fault. Cool. 
put bad body language from TD right now. Not Listen, at you all. You gotta take I, the blame I mean, when, when you're the you quarterback. There's a lot of finger pointing going on. When it's you like, are, come on, guys. No, when you are the guy behind the glass leading the crew, when you are driving around the west coast of Los Angeles in a shiny black sports car, mm. you have to then take the heat. It's like the quarterback. It all, all goes I'm back saying to is, All I'm saying is never let him see you sweat. We well, I, I hear a lot of shoes. But we don't want to show cracks to the outside world. There's a lot of we concept going on when it when the ship is sinking. <laughs> Although in fairness, you do have a shadowy league figure directly behind you. Yeah. Maybe uh, he should be taking own. the blame. Who knows? Right. <laughs> hey, TD, wow. uh, I'm glad you're still here, though, and we believe in you. Despite the lasers. Let's do some news. That's two sacks. Him in the quarterback. <clears throat> O'Brien Cushing, yes, also we'll talk a little later about Hard Knocks, of course. Uh, Brian Cushing with his big star turn as uh, everyone's favorite 80s bully. Um, <laughs> we'll start with uh, injury news uh, that came, came to light on Tuesday and Wednesday. LaShawn McCoy of the Buffalo Bills, they obviously have a big role in store for LaShawn McCoy. They want him to carry that offense. Uh, he suffered a strained hamstring or a a hamstring injury of some kind in practice on Tuesday. Um, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport said the MRI results uh, showed that it's an injury that they believe is not too serious and he could be back in time for the regular season or should be back for the regular season. But still, Greg Rosenthal, not a good sign for a Bills team that needs this guy to be a workhorse. Well, give me the list of guys who aren't expected to be back for week one. Everyone's always expected back for week one whenever they get hurt in training camp, just like everyone hurt in the offseason is expected to be ready for training camp. And then they're, no one, they're not ready, and no one really ever notices. So I don't know. If, you know, it's a hamstring injury. They have no idea if he's going to be ready. I, that was my thought, too. I looked particularly askance at this report. I mean, I'm sure Rappaport's source said it, but what did you say? Look Rapp- askance? Oh, askance. Oh. With suspicion, like you were uh, caught off guard. Well, since when, are, since when are hamstring injuries predictable? Since right, when do right. they have a finite timetable? And the, since when have the Bills have any good injury luck at this position? Right now, as we're talking, they are missing their top five running backs. Wait, Fred yeah. Hamstring. I mean, Fred uh, ha- Jackson. Fred Hamstring. <laughs> I like that name better. Call him Fred Hamstring. Bryce Brown. <laughs> Booby Dixon. Bryce Hamstring. Carlos got- Williams has a mysterious illness in a procedure that's private. He's out for a couple weeks. You got Ricky Seal and Bronson Hill running the ball for Buffalo Might as well right get the pop star Seal. He Have <laughs> him go through some holes. Seal and Hill sounds like a 70s soft rock group. I saw those names, Probably Ricky better Seal and that. Bronson Hill, and I wondered if Mark Sessler had just made them up. Well, I mean, point. it's crazy. Like the, they're just making up names like Sessler. I mean, it's <laughs> every one of them are hurt. And I agree. I mean, you know, it, that's Ian's information. So you want to roll with it for now. But it's like, how do they know with a hamstring injury? Half the time they recur. You're more suspicious about Ian's reporting than I am about his hair color. No, it's wow, not his reporting. I think the source is selling him a bill of goods, you know. Well, it's the, these injuries are notorious for, like you said, reoccurring. Who knows when he could have a setback tomorrow. And by the way. That's not even the only injury, the major injury the Bills are dealing with. Percy Harvin, his hip, we've, he's had hip issues in the past, has some soreness that uh, Rex Ryan disclosed has, quote, never really responded. So he's getting a PRP injection, which is the platelet-rich plasma, hoping that it responds, and he's able to get on the field before the end of the preseason. What? You don't want to hear anything about Percy Harvin and hip at this stage of the season. So you don't know what's going on with Percy Harvin. Who knows? This could end up being Percy Harvin out 10 to 12 weeks. You don't know when LaShawn McCoy is going to be healthy. I know the Tyrod Taylor hype train is rolling right now, but, geez, they need these guys. I think in 
in, in that practice yesterday, like 15 guys were out with hamstring and other soft. It's like soft tissue summer. I mean, you can't get. There's so Sexy. many of these injuries Great around Cinemax the league right movie. now. Tivo, that <laughs> yeah. soft tissue. Summer. I think there's like a guy with a virtual reality mask in several of the scenes. If they went out and splurged on this high-end performance car like they were TD, mm. and it, and it's in the shop right now. Well, McCoy, <laughs> in general, has been durable. What a car, TD. But. Consider me unshocked that things aren't just going along smoothly for Percy Harvin. When you see, when was the last time anything happened smoothly for Percy Harvin? Injuries or off the field? Junior October junior high school. 2012. Yeah, that's it. My car also expects us to be ready for week one. <laughs> Is there an issue with it? It's perfect. Running fine. <laughs> it's perfect. It looks perfect. It's like in uh, like Breaking Bad where all of a sudden Walter White showed up with a brand new like pimped out Dodge Charger. And the wife was like, you can't do that. It clearly makes it look like you're doing something illegal. Mm. What's going on behind the scenes? What are you accusing TD of? Uh, Maybe dealing meth. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Just just throwing that out there. Uh, In other injury news, the Carolina Panthers are expecting a lot from Kelvin Benjamin, their second-year wide receiver. Uh, He suffered a knee sprain in practice on Wednesday, uh, was taken off the field. Uh, You know, a lot obviously whenever something like this happens, your first concern is this an ACL injury. Uh, right now, uh, that's unclear, but they uh, believe that an MRI is coming up. They're going to find out whether or not uh, Benjamin's going to be out a significant amount of time. But this is another injury to keep tabs on because the Panthers need Benjamin to step up this year as well. And they also lost Del- Devin Funches in practice today to a hamstring injury. I'm just seeing injuries. as we came up. So, that, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin was a guy we're doing the fantasy overvalued, undervalued later, and I wanted to pick an overvalued guy in the top 20 receivers. Kelvin Benjamin, even though it's Wes's boy, was one guy I considered strongly. Just because coming off of his season, I, I could see him making a little more mental mistakes. It's not a great passing attack. He's getting taken in the third round, and now this is a red flag for him to start his year. If you listed the order of importance on the Panthers roster, he's in the top five. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to lose him for an extended period. He was beating number one cornerbacks like Jimmy Smith, like uh, Trufant, Brevis, Sherman, as a rookie, routinely beating these guys. They can't afford to lose him. I mean, we had Benjamin atop our our rookie rankings at midseason as one of the best wide receivers before Beckham and some of the others really came on. He Right away, I thought he played very well and, and saved that passing attack last year. You got nothing behind him and Funchess if they're not in. People forget their passing attack was pretty poor last year. And if, if Funchess, I mean, it's supposed to be just a few days for him. It's a hamstring injury, but again, you, you never know. And Benjamin, I mean, he's part of the best rookie wide receiver class in history. Only class ever to have 3,000-yard receivers. That didn't even include Sammy Watkins. So those are injuries to keep an eye on on Charlotte. Uh, moving on to Arizona, where the Cardinals um, added a running back to their depth chart today, a very famous running back, uh, Chris Johnson, formerly known as C.J. 2K. Um, Bruce Arians said that uh, C.J. 2K will, or the artist formerly known as C.J. 2K, is expected to, <laughs> quote, compete for a starting role, which I don't know, Wes. That doesn't make me too confident about Andre Ellington when they're bringing, up, bringing in washed-up Chris Johnson off the street. Don't read anything into that. This is okay. just Bruce Arians saying Chris Johnson basically controls his fate here. He could play himself off the roster, or if he looks like why. Uh, CJ2K, 2,000-yard Chris Johnson, by some miracle, he would get the starting job. Yeah, I mean, coaches talk about well, – they talk about competing and to the point where it gets tiresome for us to hear it, but that's what they want. You're not going to come in and announce a pecking order. He basically said, we don't do 
our final depth chart until everything's wrapped up and you're heading into week one. Chris Johnson has to play differently than he did last season to become a starting running back in Arizona. Well, that sounds season. nice, but Ellington's been there for two and a half years. He knows the offense. It'd be a, a stunning uh, mistake. not Maybe not a mistake, but a stunning collapse if Chris Johnson in two weeks can beat him out. Yeah, but do you see Ellington as didn't we learn last year? What was he, 3.3 yards per carry? He's not your featured back either. They, they're going to have to use... The rookie David Johnson as well, who's Part of is also hurt right now. Making leave graveyard of 2014, Andre. <laughs> right, <laughs> wasn't that bad? In that Chris Johnson's defense, I've been about as critical of him as anyone. His numbers weren't bad that last year. I mean, he's a very big boomer bust guy, but he did catch 24 passes, 4.3 yards per he carry. Had, he's not the worst. Down. His guy. numbers. He had two good games. Terrible. He had two really good games. I remember the Rams game. He played really well, and then there was one later in the season he played well. But other than that. He was – I mean, it was a lost it cause. It was the same guy we've been talking about for a couple of years where he doesn't hit the hole hard, doesn't seem to have the same type of lateral movement and speed that he once did. He's now basically just another guy. I love Arians, but he called Johnson a home run on every play. Now, come on. Not anymore. Once upon a time. Bruce Arians, the quote that uh, made me laugh, <laughs> although it was you know, a little dark, uh, they asked about Arians' team – about Johnson's team physical. There was nothing except for a bullet in his trap. <laughs> referring to, of course, Chris Johnson. It's good that we can laugh about Shot. that. Yeah, I'm not going to laugh. Well, I'm just saying. But it's, you know, Bruce Arians is probably the only coach that's going to drop that little line. Uh, moving on, Eli Manning, the New York Giants quarterback, uh, is uh, up for a contract after this season. His people behind the scenes are pushing hard for a deal that could make uh, Manning the highest paid player in the NFL. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday the Giants are hoping to sign Manning to a new deal by the start of the season, but a, quote, significant gap remains in negotiations. Now, I am not a Giants fan. I'm not an Eli fan, uh, but I can see why his people are pushing for this deal because they think they can get it from a Giants team that's loyal to their franchise star and two-time Super Bowl winner. But it's hard to imagine him getting paid more than Aaron Rodgers and eventually Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson and all that. I think the easy response is to say that's laughable, that of course he's not better than Aaron Rodgers, but there's a few factors involved here. The salary cap has gone up $10 million a year over the last two years, and I think his agent has come out and said Eli is uniquely qualified to be the Giants quarterback because he's so unflappable in the face of the media. Those are two factors. It's still, it's still kind of – I think they're just throwing out their opening kind of bid here in, in the uh, negotiations. I, I don't expect him unflappable in the face of them. If being boring was uh, grounds for being the highest paid quarterback in the league, Carson Palmer would be paid $50 million a year. I mean, I'm just saying it is. That's not even your hottest take of of the week on Eli Manning. What? What was it? That he shouldn't even be the highest paid player on the Giants. Odell Beckham's a better player. I mean, why would you be paying a guy at the end of his career who's really rarely been a top 10 quarterback to be the number so one quarterback. Hold on. Such a silly Is comment. he one of the top 10 quarterbacks well, in the league? I think no, part so. of it, I think no. the entire no. league, no one's saying that, but the entire league is catching up to what quarterbacks should get paid. Look at you moving the goalposts, too, on what's the end of a quarterback's career. Tom Brady, 38 years old. Oh, he can go on in forever. Eli Manning, 33. Ooh, he's near <laughs> the end. It's time to pack up the suitcase what's and the get other, out of town. And what's the other it, option, Ryan Nassib? One is Eli Manning and the other is Tom Brady. One, uh, yeah, one has not, two Super Bowl wins and one is never never missed the start, and is Peyton Manning's brother. There's some high-end DNA there. Peyton Manning's brother. At I'm this point, saying. I think we have to give up on the Peyton Manning's brother. Well, you, but you don't – he make... hasn't – he is right. He's played a full decade. I sure. mean, you don't find those guys. And so if you're New York and say, all right, we don't want to pay him – you know, what, what's the difference going to be here? A couple million dollars to make it everyone happy? So we don't pay him, and we have Ryan Nassib as oh, our quarterback. Have a nice decade and a half in New York City. It'll, it'll get done, but, you know – 
he wants to be the highest paid quarterback. That's great. I want to be the highest paid NFL <laughs> media employee. Well, that ain't happening either. Eli is not a top 10 quarterback. He's probably top 12 in my opinion. But listen, we know where this is coming from, Greg. We always know. West doesn't like Eli as a player, and it's not personal. Um, oh, it, maybe a little personal because he'll is. never go to the Hall of Fame if he gets. Yeah, it's but personal. with you, Greg, two of the worst moments in your entire life were engineered that, by this man. Those were not two of the and worst moments it. of my entire life. I get it. <laughs> my, the Patriots aren't that important. <laughs> Eli Manning. Hey, I get look, it. You can go back in the NBCSports.com archives. I wrote a glowing piece of Eli Manning in that 2011 playoffs. He was incredible. But that comes up every month, every six or seven years. You're. Your value, if you want to talk about wins and Super Bowls, your value is what you do over 16 games. And Eli Manning's shown what he's going to do. He's going to be fine, and he's going to get you eight or nine wins. He'll get to you to the playoffs once every six years. That's great. Maybe he'll get one more Greg, in his entire Greg career. ready to check Eli into the old age home and feed him some tapioca. Half the league would like, pounce on Eli Manning if what? he were a free agent. I mean, they would just, that would, That's they, a disgusting on. image. All right. <laughs> uh in other news, Hard Knocks aired its second episode on Tuesday on HBO, of course, profiling the Houston Texans. And uh, this this episode, another very good episode, by the way, it's blowing away the Atlanta Falcons season uh, of 2000. Got a chance to be one of the best Hard Knocks. It could be special. Um, and Brian Cushing, uh, to me, I wrote the recap, of course, which you can find on the website. Um, I said this is this was his big star turn episode, a very compelling bully, and what I like about him is that he owns it. Clearly, he's he doesn't mind coming off as kind of a jerk. Um, I wrote in the piece that he's almost like an evolutionary Bill Romanowski, where he likes to be seen as someone that you know picks on people, and you know for Brian Cushing. Uh, it seems like maybe a little bit more than that, Greg. It seems like that that's really who he is. Well, it's great when someone turns out to be exactly what you expected Brian Cushing <laughs> to be. I mean, Damashek pointed up point, comparing him to an 80s bully, Biff Henderson, I believe, was, yes. was one of them. And I mean, it, he does own it. I mean, he's just being such a jerk, like knocking everyone right after the play. It's right. like, I didn't mean it. No, I did. I and, actually did mean it. And then but the most obnoxious thing was him going around his neighborhood on the little scooter pushing his kids around. I don't remember that. That was the part that like the, well, that was H and I, and I wrote in the piece that I didn't quite like, they tried to, all right, now we got to get the other side of Brian Cushing. (laughs) It's like, don't show me the other side. I don't need to see the other side. Just, you know, live with it. I like this narrative, push it. And you know, the, the biggest part of the episode with Cushing was his encounter with poor Alfred blue. Uh, He just wants America to take him seriously as a real starting running back and Cushing just dominates him in one-on-one blocking drills. And then after he, Pile drives. Look at that face. Alfred Blue. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. This guy. Go on. I'll, At, I have please to go. Say. After he pile drives Alfred Blue into a, uh, a, a tackling dummy, he has this to say to Jadavian Clowney, who didn't ask to be in the conversation. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you're not going to block me. Second of all, you don't want to fight me. Third of all, I'm the man. See, <laughs> this guy looks like the way he just the looks on his face in that clip they just showed. Just looks like every evil frat boy that you've ever encountered in your life. Isn't it great, though? It's good to have guys like that. For hard knocks, it's perfect. Yeah, I've had teammates like that in sports, and they're relatively harmless as long as they aren't the leader on the team. As long so as there's true. somebody on the team who can put them in their place. So true. You, if you've everybody that's played organized sports has had that guy that he's a little bigger, he's a little stronger, um, and if you don't get on his bad side, you're fine with him. But there, if you're one of those three or four guys, he will be relentless with you. So you just don't want to be one of those three or four. Wait, what What was the thing that he compared to being – he basically called out someone for being feminine, but it was like the least feminine thing ever. 
Well, you he, know what I'm talking about? Oh, it was, it was about latte or whatever. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, Starbucks. drinking coffee. Well, I have the, here's the transcript. Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, is awesome at one point. He talked about how he wanted to get a Yorkie for his man. Don't band, even get so me started on that. He could take that. it to the club. I was having some fun. He, he's funny. I don't think that's fun. You don't buy a dog so you can put it in a purse. <laughs> like, but, it, but he was really enjoying it. It does like, strike at the West ethos. I, I like that. that he was like, guys, would you judge me if I got my dog in the club? Or whatever? It should strike guy, out anybody and the guy, who cares about dogs. That's not what a dog's for, to be cool. His team, well, that's true. His teammate said, I would delete your number. But here's the interaction between Hopkins and Cushing. Do you drink lattes? Hopkins asked. And then Cushing said, I don't even go to Starbucks. Then Hopkins says, it's great, bro. And then Cushing goes, I mean, I used to. And then I realized I wasn't a chick. <laughs> Who says that? Well, there were all these people it's, tweeting. It's, like a, it's a bad script. Well, all these people were tweeting out images of their own, like, Starbucks coffees this morning saying they felt that, you know, some, some distant heat from this guy, from Cushing. Oh, I, want, I didn't get to see it because, you know, HIV, HBO Go, and it wasn't on there last night. And as I said, I was fishing around for shirts in the dark this morning. <laughs> so I wanted to find yes. out, was there more with the quarterbacks this week? Yes. Anything. Yes, they did get into that a little bit. Greg, do you want to? Well, I like that occasionally Hard Knocks does tell you legitimate football things. And one of the things I took away from the Mallet-Hoyer battle was this moment in last week's game where Mallet does a, makes a totally stupid play. He doesn't hear the call correctly. And then he, it, it, the call makes no sense. It's a quarterback sneak on third and four. Third three. It was close. No, it was third and four. If you watch it on, TV. it was third and oh, four because really? he got three yards. He does. He just not only does he not understand that it's a mistake that he heard it incorrectly. He doesn't change the play. He just decides to run it, and the drive ends. And afterwards, O'Brien is kind of like, "What's going on here?" And it, <laughs> and it just shows you the difference between Mallet, maybe not the most cerebral guy, and and Brian Hoyer. I was I watched that game on Game Pass and I put that in my notes. I've never seen a third and four quarterback sneak. <laughs> He's a, he comes off as a bit of a goon too because he during practice like a likable goon though. Yeah, no, not a bad guy, not like a Brian Cushing type. But he was saying he would complete a long pass and do just like these exaggerated celebrations, like fist pumps, and then he ran a QB draw near the goal line. In which I guess I don't I've never been in the practice field like that, but I guess it's not something you typically run because they're wearing the red non-contact jerseys, so the defensive players get angry. And then he dunks the ball over the crossbar. Well, my other <laughs> like, th- oh my god, yeah, it, they, it, and it the kept guy showing that too. it led to a quote from one of the defensive players, Green Jackson, said yeah. that he would give up his paycheck if they ran that in a game. Right, right, and he, well, he also said um, one of the teammates said. If he if he tries to run that again, somebody should knock his ass in half. DeAndre mm. <laughs> Hopkins, you mentioned he is he is my favorite guy. You got, you got the you got the Yorkshire, but you also had him killing Hoyer for not recognizing that he was wide open yes. on a post route on the first play of the game. After Hoyer makes a nice throw, back shoulder two point conversion, Hoyer runs over to him to celebrate, and and Hopkins still thinking about the first play of the game goes. WTF, Hoyer. You know, what about that post? He's still pissed off, and Hoyer's like, oh, what? what you were nah, I'll get you, man. Uh, you I'll were, get you. You were open on I'll that play? It. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. That, that ain't going to fly. You can't miss DeAndre. Hard Knocks needs quarterback battles. I think it sounds good. It always makes the season better. So, yeah, everything going great with Hard Knocks so far, and, uh, you know, if you have a chance to watch it, please watch it, and then read the recaps. Oh, yeah. How about a vanity URL for Let's Hard do Knocks that. recaps? NFL.com slash Hard Knocks. Comma which Dan works very hard on late into the evenings to bring enjoyment both to the people but to also please his boss. That's what the – Slash Vince Wilfork's bubbling feet slash (laughs) – You've come up with the most cumbersome vanity (laughs) URL in the history of the internet. Give Dan a raise slash – 
promotion department open up some funding. How does Jonathan Joseph and Kareem Jackson get away with free balling that, it, while playing football? That seems wild. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, let's move on. All right. All right. Next up, speaking of vanity URLs, URLs I'm very upset about this. Speaking of free balling, let's Mar- talk about Sessler. <laughs> well, that's, that's another conversation. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, Mark Sessler wrote an excellent uh, long-form piece or I would say an extended feature, maybe. You know, there's the jargon. I think it's like a long ATL post. Kind of. Uh, ATN, by the way, Mark. I like to go with the, the old school ATL. Okay, buddy. Completely wrong branding. All right, I like that. Anyway, no no vanity URL, which I hang on Greg a little bit for NFL.com slash Believeland. Seemed like a no-brainer. But beside the point, Mark wrote a great piece about his encounter at, uh, with Mike Pettin at Browns camp. Mark spent two days there? Yeah, two practices. Two practices there, had a nice sit-down with Mike. And I'm t- when I say sit-down, this is not some gangbang scrum. That's industry lingo, by the way, uh, when there's a group of reporters around a player. A lot uh, of questionable terminology. Not what you might think. Uh, not a gangbang, but yet Mark talking to Mike Pettin. And uh, if you're watching Look at that watch on NFL Pettin. now, it's a Browns watch. Uh, here's, a, here's a shot of Mark with Mike Pettin. <laughs> I mean, Mark always – Always looks, you know, like longingly when he's talking to a Browns player or a coach. You know, well, I mean? that is. Come on, <laughs> listen. Look at these shots. I was sent in to do a job. What a journo you are! I was like, I got to get the job done. We're well, gonna we'll tweet out those photos for the listeners of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, Mark was. Tell us a little bit about your encounter with Mike Pettin, a man that you clearly admire. Well, I mean, th- I think the thing I wanted to write was because I mean, everyone gets the perception of the team in general, that it's just this wild train wreck in space about to crash land for another, like, two and 14. I don't know. It's just like, (laughs) what can you say about the, about the team? It's just, it seems like the, the books are cooked on what they are inside and out. And so I just wanted to ask or try to get Petten to talk honestly about, you know, how he feels about that. Cause that's obviously if you're the man in charge, that's crushing you all the time. That's coming down on you. And what I liked about Petten in a chance to talk about, I thought he was pretty honest. He sort of said, I get it, you know, people drive by the building and they think they are going to expect to see it on fire and everyone says there's all this unrest. And, you know, he, he acknowledged that it's been difficult, a difficult transition, A, just to become an NFL head coach and work with, at the same time, a first-year general manager. We know that's not been super smooth, but he swatted down the idea that they can't work together, that there's no shared vision, sort of saying that they actually communicate daily, that they look at the roster, they have 67 or 68 new players, that most every one of those guys was someone they agreed on. I love- there isn't a lot of fighting like we talk about. He was definitely honest. He got some good quotes, including my favorite of the piece, let people think this is a dumpster fire. Let them think it's right. completely functional. Right. Well, I mean, I think that was their take is kind of like it's not this it's not just us against the world, which every team wants that dynamic. It's just we get it, but we're going to have to show it. But I think he also made And the they kind of did show it. They exceeded expectations last year. It was about as yeah. good a first year that Petten could have hoped for. 7 but, I mean, and 9. Re- realistically, they could take a step back record-wise, and I think that that's again, the major problems that were there are still there. Well, so will they have the patience to stick with him? I think that's the concern. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. And again, read Mark's piece. We'll send out a couple of those photos, which are excellent, with a link to the post on the Around the NFL account. Now let's talk about just real quick. We'll go around the horn here. Uh, out of ten, your belief that uh, Cleveland can really contend for a playoff spot. Remember, this is a team that was what Mark seven and four at one point uh, last November ended seven and nine. So there could be something here if they get some better quarterback play and a couple breaks, which they, Cleveland typically doesn't. But you never know. I'll start. 
I think in terms of the chances that they're an actual playoff contender in December, six out of ten Indian burial grounds. Wow. <laughs> six? That's pretty optimistic. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy that the Browns could – listen, I'm not a big Josh McCown fan, and I, I hope that Johnny Manziel becomes a dynamic NFL talent. But, uh, you know, maybe they get a little better quarterback play. You never know what could happen. Wes? I'm going to give it two out of ten first-round busts. Mm. <laughs> That's usually how they do it, two at a time. Yeah, I, you know, I am a fan of Josh McCown, but when you look at him compared to the other quarterbacks in that conference and their roster overall, they're still weak in several areas. I think they're a year and a quarterback away from hitting that contending. I would right. give them 1.1 Josh Gordon blood alcohol content. Oh. <laughs> wow. Very I, grim. The AC. I feel bad about this. I've thought about it because I know that Mark is sensitive to Brown's criticism and he thinks we he pick on them in general. I really thought they'd be better than people expected last year. And I was thinking when someone asked me on Twitter, who's the worst team in the NFL? If it wasn't for Mark being around, I would consider that the Browns would be one of the options. Because I think if you look at their offense, and I always start with offense. It's more predictable. I think it's more important. If you look at their offense on paper, it's one of the worst offenses in the league, if not the worst. And I think their schedule's tougher. And I think they're they're gonna they have a good coaching staff. They have some good defensive pieces. Five six wins. All right. Yeah, I mean, I go three out of ten. Rob Chudzinski chins. Is that I don't know. What, <laughs> Actually, that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit deceiving because Rob Chudzinski did not have a chin. So non three out of ten non Rob Chudzinski chins. I knew Chud was he had no shot when he didn't have the chin. He got to have a strong chin to make it in the NFL, a strong jawline as a coach. And I'll tell you what, Petten has a nice jawline. He does. I mean, but Greg makes a good point. You don't have Josh Gordon, who you did have for part of last season and the year before. You don't have Jordan Cameron. Their skill position players have probably gotten worse. You know, they have a good offensive line, but that, that alone does not gonna, is not going to carry you in that division. I think the point is they, the last four coaching regimes, regimes had the same problem. You've got to stick with it and keep building. It's not that it's going to happen this season. Agree. All right. So, Cleveland Brown talk out of the way. Sessler happy. Floating on high. He, he asked for that plug. He's got his plug. And now we move on. I did not on. ask, for, not that, ask for anything. That is, <laughs> or, dang, Mark that is, is literally the last guy that asked for a plug. Uh, part two of our fantasy extravaganza is now underway. <laughs> it's victorious. Andy Dufresne, Shawshank. Exultant. Uh, yes, this is part two of the fantasy extravaganza. On Monday's show, we talked about the running backs and – uh, the tight ends, and now we will talk about the wide receivers. Where uh, you know, there's a lot of stud talent, maybe more right now than there's ever been in the NFL. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true. I'm throwing it out there. If you can believe it, you can believe it. I don't care. Um, so we're going to talk about the wide receivers today. And I'll tell you what. Before we get into it, I've been working on some more taglines because I know you guys didn't like them all. Uh, one was profane. Uh, <laughs> so I got you know, had a bunch board. of lasers in it. Had some lasers in it. So just three more I came up with. You let me know if maybe we hit on something. Because the right tagline in this crowded world of uh, fantasy football can take a, a groove far. Sure. Uh, the fantasy extravaganza. Promise I'll make you proud of me, Dad. <laughs> Thoughts? I don't know if fathers, uh, most fathers really care about their son's fantasy teams, but maybe. Okay. Oh, All right. The fantasy extravaganza. Am I not good enough for you, Dad? 
got a little more edge to it. I like the attitude that brings to the locker room. I feel like Dan is working out some of his own issues. <laughs> does feel Dan-centric. But yes or no? Better than the first one, my take. Wes? I, I would get off the dad thing. All right, last one. <laughs> uh, Daddy, Papa, where are you? No, now you've found a winner. <laughs> I, I would go with that. That feels clear to me. I think that's the winner if those yeah. are the three options. That's that's pretty good, Dan. You got to separate yourself good. from the crew. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know. Crack myself that, up with that one. That works yeah, on that many levels. Definitely separate you from the crew. Uh, all right. So let's get into it. <laughs> the wide receivers um, that are overvalued. And uh, what we'll do here, of course, we've got the fantasy outsider uh, waiting in the wings on a street corner, cigarette in a white T-shirt with the, the cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve, <laughs> waiting over there. What James Dean. It? James Dean with a computer is what they call him. Uh, but first, we'll start with Greg and Wes. <laughs> James Dean with a computer is what they call him. <laughs> Greg, you're overvalued wide receiver right now where people are getting too excited. they got to calm down. Don't take them too high. Who are you? This was hard. My first the name that I thought up was uh, Roddy White. But then I thought, you, oh, you, come on. That, you know, everyone knows that he's a third receiver. So I'm going Randall Cobb. Now, Randall Cobb, wow. coming off a career mm. season, in a great offense, but he's getting taken in the second round, right around guys like Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, A.J. Green, just after them. And to me, there's a huge gap between Randall Cobb and those guys. Wouldn't surprise me if Devontae Adams, Montgomery, the tight ends, the running games, they all take away, and that Cobb is not really as good a fantasy player as he is a reality player. And there's so many good receivers in the third, fourth, fifth round you can wait. He is such a... Mm. A low floor, or he has such a high floor because of that offense and because of his own talent. But I think the main point here is those top eight guys are cut and dried, and then there's exactly. a huge, huge drop off after that. That's exactly what I was thinking. And then you look at the guys that are way further down: Emmanuel Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, Alshon Jeffrey, even Keenan Allen down in the fifth round. It's like I don't see a huge gap between Cobb and those guys, so you might as well wait. If that's how you get back. one thing that would concern me about not taking a Green Bay receivers that Cobb himself talked about Green Bay's offense speeding up and running a high volume of plays. And they said that he was on the field. They saw them run 33 in one quarter, that there's going to be more targets, more catches, more everything. 16 games played last year, 91 catches, almost 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. Good production. You said don't go don't crazy. Buy, don't, don't chase buy. that. Those that's touchdowns great, are going down. Right. Those touchdowns are going down. Don't buy high. I think that's going to be his career year. Yeah. All right. Chris Wessling, your overvalued wide receiver. Guy getting taken one spot behind Randall Cobb is Mike Evans. And this is, to me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is toxic for fantasy purposes to me. Their offensive line is abysmal. They have a quarterback who's very raw, and I do not expect him to come in and light the world on fire. Mike Evans also last year torched second and third quarter cornerbacks. Unlike Sammy Watkins and Odell Beckham and Kelvin Benjamin, he wasn't playing against number one cornerbacks. Dirk Cutter has him playing that role this year where he's moving him around the offense, and we'll see a lot more number one cornerback coverage. But I could be wrong about the Buccaneers' offense, but what's that going to hurt me if I am wrong about it? I can I can get someone in a better offense. But if I'm right about the Buccaneers' offense, then you're stuck with, with a guy in a, in, a, in a really abysmal offense. I'd rather have Vincent Jackson in the eighth round than, than Mike so Evans in the second or the third. Forget Mike Evans. Well, forget I him. like his talent. I mean, he's a I would, super talent. I don't know. Forget about I'm just, him. He had a monster <laughs> rookie season, but – West and you haven't been points. in this business as long as I have. You no. just gotta be. You gotta have hot takes. You gotta go like <laughs> Adam Shine, and you gotta put the oven mitts on. You gotta go into the oven because those takes are hot. They gotta Ouch. be sizzling. 
Ouchie, mouchie. Or it's not going to make any noise. By the way, I'm just a guy here. I'm just a regular Joe, an average Joe here in the presence of greatness. And Mark, and it's just, you know, I'm enjoying myself here. Let's move on now to under... I, I am enjoying myself to a lesser extent. <laughs> Let's move on to undervalued wide receivers. Greg, we'll start with you. I almost feel bad for taking Wes's boy, but we could only pick one here. How is John Brown going in the eighth or ninth round? That is bananas to me. I, I see John Brown making that T.Y. Hilton type leap where he's getting 1,200... 1,300 yards, where he's a top 15 type of running back, and he's going number 40. So when it's I look— Wide receiver, Greg. Wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. I've been out of the game a little bit, the fantasy game. Roto why head. is that <laughs> happening then? Why, why is that? Well, he just—he misspoke is what happened with Greg. Because he's a little he, guy, and and I don't know. That seems crazy. They have three They have three receivers, so they'll spread it around a little bit. And, and look at Larry Fitzgerald's only going one spot ahead of John Brown. I know a lot of people are writing off Larry Fitzgerald. He's His numbers weren't too. good. I trust my eyes, and, and when he was healthy and Carson Palmer was healthy last year, Larry Fitzgerald looked mm-hmm. like 2009 Larry Fitzgerald to me. I, I think this guy's got plenty left in the tank. I would take both of these Cardinals receivers. Yeah, I would too. When I saw the two, I considered Fitzgerald for it. it. That was the one when I looked at the whole top 50, that seemed, wow, that's almost wrong. How could John Brown not? He's very similar to me. Martavis Bryant is getting taken in the fifth round. I would rather have John Brown than him. With a guy like Fitzgerald, don't we? He's done it fantasy-wise year after year after year, and if you're not overspending for him, those are the guys I want on my team. That's a good year for him. By the way, Smokey Brown, just five starts last year. He appeared in 16 games, 102 targets despite just five starts. He's, that includes the Brian Lindley games. Right. Yikes. But what does starts mean for wide receiver? He was on the field a ton. He just, he's no, not, but I mean yeah. – Give him 16 starts. Right. His target's going to go sh- straight through the roof, especially if Fitz gets hurt again, which could happen. All right, Wes, you're undervalued wide receiver. Come on, fantasy people. What are you doing? You dolts, dullards, and simpletons. <laughs> Calvin Johnson Don't is – yell at me, Wes. Calvin Johnson is the sixth best wide receiver or the sixth wide receiver off the board. Stop. Wow. What are you doing? Six. He's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Stop this nonsense. Calvin Johnson's undervalued. He should be the number one receiver. Is it are people concerned about his durability after what happened be. last season? No, it's people stare only at last year's stats, and that's all. People pay for last year's stats, and they just wipe away last year. It's stop. not complicated. Buy low, sell high. Calvin Johnson's been the number one ride wide receiver for seven years. He's still in his prime. If you have the, you guys have the number six pick in your draft. I know you're trying to get Mark Sessler oh, to Mark's be a in little the more engaged. Yes. No, I'm I not. mean Calvin league. Johnson is not a crazy pick at number six. Here's no, not at all. Why it's, Wes is absolutely right. Yes, he hasn't quite been himself, but he's still productive. And he, when he was healthy last year, he was still Calvin Johnson. He's money in the when bank. You look at his numbers. Last year's stats should not guide your your drafting philosophy. Knowing that Calvin Johnson is awesome should drive your and drafting. Just he'll he'll turn thirty in September, so he's not a spring chicken anymore. But you have a very good chance of getting Calvin Johnson in the second round and him being completely healthy and dropping 115 catches for 1,800 yards and 10 touchdowns for you. And he's also have 17 touchdowns. Right, and he's in an offense where for years he was the only wide receiver they had. You've got Golden Tate, and if Eric Ebron does anything this year and with what they have going on in the backfield, I mean – He's not the only one defenses can pay attention to. Maybe I'll save this for the philosophy show on Friday. But, I mean, you could argue the top eight receivers are all undervalued. I don't think we've had a time in fantasy football history, for what it's worth, where you have such safe options at the top, where they're all money in the bank, and you're getting an A-minus, B-plus pick out of all of them. There's almost no risk. Just take those guys until they're off the board. I totally, Barring injury, you're getting 100 catches, 1,500 yards, and 12 touchdowns out of most of these eight receivers. I mean... That's what you're looking at. And Go for it. 
just to be clear, on Friday's show, we're going to get through all the quarterbacks. And as Greg mentioned, the philosophy, that is not in no way related to the theology podcast, which is no, coming up no. down the road. Sure. All right. Now it's time. We, uh, we've talked to the icons. You know, old regular Joe Zuser had his say, and now we're going to the fantasy <laughs> corner, the old Sessler regular corner. Regular Joe, Zu- <laughs> Joe <laughs> Zuser. NFL Media Fantasy Outsider. Mark Sessler, Sessler's Corner. What do you got for us, buddy? All right, well, today I want to talk about the fact that, you know, fantasy football has grown. We can kill that music whenever you But well, we can take it a little lower. It's like uh, blowing out our eardrums. Yeah. Let's think about the listener, which we didn't do on uh. the show. Way lower. This is baby making music. Let's take it down. <laughs> Not really the tone of the piece, but you know, fly with whatever you need to fly with. <laughs> you know, so fantasy football—it's grown obviously in this country, right? Because we live in a very super soft, peacetime environment. Extremely soft. That's you fair. are. It's ridiculous. That's fair. But not everyone's sitting on the throne of ease. I have uh, done some research and identified four people groups who do not have time for fantasy football. All right? These guys don't have time for this nonsense. Let's start with uh, number one, Peru's Shining Path. You heard of these guys? It's a Maoist-led guerrilla faction. Working, I have not heard of this. Well, they're working endlessly to sack the bourgeois democracy in Latin America. Don't have time for Joseph Randall's ADP. Don't care. How did Maoism end up in Peru? Wes, it's, it's streaming everywhere, and these guys, the Shining Path, like are on Netflix. it. All right, second group, another group with no time for fantasy football, this hobby horse activity. The Brotherhood subculture known as Bronies. Oh, yeah. All right. Who, uh, we have one in our newsroom, Ali Bonpuri. He is a brony. These are male fans of My Little Pony who live and die by the creed of friendship <laughs> is magic. Sued, Wes. Okay. <laughs> While some bronies might potentially delve into the realm of rotisserie sports, the crossover is scant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bronies, bronies have other priorities. I mean, they're troubled. They have other things going on. It's not fantasy Subway pitchmen and the like, yeah. That's fair. Group number three, the Universal Church of the New World Comforter. Not sure if you've heard of this one, Dan. The hardworking UFO cult founded in 1973 by Alan Michael. They're too busy watching the skies for incoming terror to care about whether Martavis Bryant has oilier hips than Marcus Wheaton. <laughs> don't care. Don't have time. They probably should be doing fantasy sports. They better use of time. but Go talk to them about it. I will. They're I don't busy. think you want to talk to them. They're busy. One final group, covert operatives housed inside the government's MKUltra mind control program. Mm. All right. These clandestine types far too busy authoring cutouts and false flags while repeatedly selling the concept of a lone nut gunman to a flaccid droned out public. Don't have time for rotisserie sports. I thought you would bring them up. (laughs) Well, I thought when you said people that didn't have time, you might say like policemen. They have too much to do. Tons of cops play fantasy ball. Okay. I'm going deeper because these are people with their world's perspective does not allow them to participate. You're saying fantasy sports a luxury these people don't have. On that fan- is correct. On the Mark Sessler fantasy corner, the fantasy outsider is always a disturbing hot take to be found. We'll come back to you a little later, buddy. Okay. Moving on. Now let's talk about some other wide receivers. I'm going to throw out some names now. And uh, outsider, you can jump in, of course, as well. Um, on this. It's well, up yeah, to you. Or you could just, you know, have another cigarette. I could sit this one out, maybe. It's up to you, buddy. Uh, here we go. Wide receiver, wide receivers, you guys let me know. Overrated, underrated. Uh, Julian Edelman, Chris Wessling. Overrated, under, or underrated. How do you feel about him? I think he's slightly overrated because he stayed healthy last year. That's not usually his MO. He is a very banged-up individual when you look at his career. And he's not really a high-volume touchdown guy. So I think if you're in a points-per-reception league, go ahead and get him. But if you're in a standard league, he's a little overvalued. 
This is where I do wish I knew if Tom Brady was playing the first four weeks of the season because I don't know if Julian Edelman is in your fantasy lineup with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's four out of 13 fantasy weeks. That's a third of the season. That's pretty big. I think he's overvalued too because you don't want a guy coming off a career year, essentially. Anybody worried about uh, Julian Edelman's off-season activities? Been to a lot of college parties, a lot of photos taken, a lot of, you know, I'm going to be honest, women. Well, I mean, I think in the scope of what NFL players are doing in the offseason, it's probably mid-range. I'm not that concerned. He could be tired. That's what, well, I'm I, what he did was, like, really tame compared to, like, 1969, what players were doing. That's mm. true. All right, how about Pierre Garçon, ladies and gentlemen? Wildly undervalued. Give undervalued. Give me a break. Pierre Garçon was one of the best receivers in the league just two years ago. He is getting buried. This is where people are way too concerned about last year's stats, which were admittedly terrible. But take a chance on guys who are in their prime and have shown that they can be a top player before and that are healthy. He's not only that, Jay Gruden admitted that that Pierre Garçon did not have a big enough role last year, and they spent the offseason making sure he will have a big enough role this year. Here are the two people getting taken right in front of Pierre Garçon in the 10th round. Marcus Colston, who can barely walk across the street anymore, and Devontae Parker, a okay rookie who's not healthy at all. All right, let's speed round through a few of these. Uh, Allen Robinson, one take from each of you guys, or one take uh, for each uh, guy. Love him, breakout can- candidate, but he's getting drafted way too high. Mm-hmm. That off- We don't know if that offense is going to be good yet. Overvalued. Greg, Mike Wallace. Undervalued. People forget Mike Wallace is a good receiver. He's getting taken one round ahead of Charles Johnson. What has happened? Is Mark Sessler just the only person in these fake drafts? Who is drafting <laughs> Charles Johnson? Don't be Charles Johnson. I'm just saying, who's drafted Charles Johnson one round behind Mike Wallace? Like, these two guys are somehow equal. Speaking of who's a lot got, of stink on Wallace after last. You speaking know, of people getting sucked in on things, Chris Wessling, Tavon Austin, you're buying? <laughs> Where he's going, he's go- it's like barely even being drafted. Roto World doesn't even acknowledge that he's a corporeal entity. Well, this is one of Wes's weirdest takes, though. You have been waiting for this Tavon Austin breakout for every minute of his career. What have you seen? Uh, you, you're always like less indignant. You got to look at the tape. I, you know, I watch the tape. I trust it. What have you seen from Tavon Austin on? How tape? many times have I mentioned Tavon Austin to you in, in our entire time knowing each I other? I can sense things <laughs> that you think. The he's Rams, have, the Rams have said he's a starter. Roto-World refuses to acknowledge it. He keeps starting. He keeps making plays. They want to get him the ball. So, Hey, he should be when drafted at least as a flyer. Signetti behind him, you know, you got you to gotta bet on that group. Frank Signetti, private eye. Greg, Victor Cruz. <laughs> oh, give me a break. Don't take Victor Cruz. Overvalued. Please. Wes, Sammy that's a, that's Watkins. Undervalued. Sammy Watkins is a stud. People are going to find that out. This I don't care if they have a bad quarterback or not. This, this is the lead candidate. Watkins is taking fifth or sixth round. That's one of my favorite picks in the draft. Fantasy outsider, outsider Nelson Aguilar. He's overvalued. <laughs> uh, overvalued in that off. I, I think that he's going he's gonna to put up numbers, but it might take some time. Go I'm not get sure your you Jordan are. Matthews. Forget about that. That's Nelson what I'm Adler. talking about. Mike Wallace is getting taken around after him. Who, he had the worst year of his career last year, and he had like 10, touch, 12 touchdowns. Yeah. Wes, do you want to be the guy that expects Percy Harden to stay healthy? No, and when we put his name on this list, we didn't know he was getting a shot for his hip, <laughs> and he's being he's like the Ouchy. 66th receiver. I mean, you could at least take a flyer on the dude. Wes, your boy, Brandon Cooks. Ooh, he's this, where he should be, I think. This, but you think he's properly valued? I think he's overvalued. No, nah, he's going to catch ninety-five or hundred pounds. He is getting taken 14? as that's the good. number thirteen receiver in all the land. That's it's a guy fine. coming off a pretty mediocre 
uh, rookie season, undersized. He's right next to Alshon Jeffrey and he DeAndre was on Hopkins. Pace. He was on pace for 90 receptions as a rookie before he got You hurt. got Alshon Jeffrey on one side towering over him. You got DeAndre on the other side. I'm taking those two. I don't have a problem with Cooks where he is in this list. No, I like Cooks. Finally, Greg, Dre Day. Oh, Andre Kate, Johnson. Andre Johnson is undervalued. He's not cool anymore. Somehow playing with Andrew Luck in that offense is not a good thing for him. I don't get I don't get that. People are taking Amari Cooper over him. And before before we go back to Sess's corner for one more time, and maybe I misheard just pulling back the curtain in my ear, T D, did you say T D sports car? Yeah, it's a callback. To the start of the episode. Wait, but what was I missed? What it meant? <laughs> Overvalued, undervalued. Oh, oh, oh doesn't exist. Throw it out there. All right, TD Sports Car. Overvalued. I've never seen. It. I liked uh, it once. I drove it off the lot. Definitely overvalued. Undervalued. It's no. getting mentioned on an international podcast when it doesn't exist. You're like Des Bryant buying Bugatti. Is like the second uh, he gets his contract. This happened the day after you got your promotion, or when did this happen? Let's just move on, guys. Sessa's Corner, tddalesmeth.com backslash members. Uh, here we go. Back to the corner, allegedly. All right, listen. I, you know, I'm going to keep this one. Wait, quick. let me set you up here. All right. We're back. We're heading back to the corner. Back there to this is. music, huh? This guy, okay. he just put out the cigarette, put it out with his boot, and now he's ready to dispense more fantasy analysis. Well, this is something that annoys me, and one of the reasons I jumped out of fantasy. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, you're still in, but yeah. Well. In our last show, we talked about it. You know, it's clear that anyone who's in five or more fantasy leagues, they need to seek help now, and we care about you seek help. But today, I want to talk about another massive fantasy no-no, and that is people that draft players that you hate, Mm. okay? Mm -hmm. I spent a terrible year in fantasy where I got stuck with Heinz Ward as my wide receiver, Mm -hmm. and I had to root for him to knock the Browns down week after week, and I can't stand Heinz Ward. It was one. I mean, I never liked watching him play. Can't stand his smile. Every Great time analyst, he gets though, up. on NBC. Get him out of there. It got I me know. out of fantasy. So my thing is, have a hate list. Mm. All right? Mm. If you play fantasy, this is what you do. What's a hate list? Pick 10 players that you refuse to draft or pick up at any point in the season out of pure standards that you have in yourself, in or your sp- own heart. Or spite. You or would, spite. You wouldn't talk to these guys if you were next to them at the donut shop. That's right. Get out of these messy situations, okay? I would say unless you are an NFL agnostic like Wes, you, you might not run into this situation as much. I have, you, I've always had hate lists for fantasy football. It, then there Wes you ain't go. taking Eli Manning, for instance. If you don't like the guy, compile a list. Is too, if someone's too upsetting to see succeed, stay out of it. For God's have sake, some don't dignity. draft Heinz Ward. Have some He's not dignity. even playing anymore. Live with some pride. <laughs> Live with some pride. Get a hate list going and stick to it, and don't veer from it. Number one on your hate list, Mark, 2015. I don't play fantasy. <laughs> My list is clean. I'm pure. Mark and I have shared a fantasy team for the past four years. We name it after a female uh, that we find fetching every year. Mark thinks he's out this year, but he's still in. He ain't getting well, out. Well, here's the reason. If you I mean, drop out, I'm freezing you out of the show every week. Every time ah, we draft. He's got a microphone. I get blamed for the entire year. For anything that happened, the narrative. You, I think people understand that Dan can bend a narrative, and it's like some player that Dan picked in the seventh round. So I'm stupid. getting blamed for. I don't need it. All right, that's it for Wednesday's edition. <laughs> yeah, we head away from the corner. Very disturbing <laughs> place, but always fun and entertaining. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with one more fantasy extravaganza, uh, talking about the quarterbacks and our own philosophies. So make sure, make sure. We'll you- have more on that hate list on Friday. Okay, we'll dig into right. the hate list a little more. Uh, but until then. 
Thank you for listening and watching on NFL Now and any, anywhere else you can watch us. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, TD, and everybody else behind the glass. Mm. Till Friday! Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.